This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. I'm your host, Nikki Sharp, and each week we discuss topics that affect your everyday life with the goal of helping you gain clarity on actions to take in order to better yourself. And this week, I wanted to actually do something a bit different. So since I've started this podcast, each episode has been something that I've learned that I feel can help you, tips to transform your life, and alternative ways to look at topics that you might feel triggered by. However, for this specific episode, I wanted to share something a little closer to my heart. And I say this with full honesty, I did not know that this would affect me nearly as much as it did. And that is, I speak of the queen's passing. So whether you liked her, loved her, felt indifferent, or didn't approve, I hope that you can listen to this episode with an open heart as I'll be giving some different thoughts to this monumental time in history. And I'm also going to be sharing my personal thoughts and why it has been such an intense and beautiful period to be here in London. So this is a bit more of a personal episode, and I really do hope that you enjoy it because it comes from my heart, and I was thinking about what to record this week, and this one felt so prevalent because it was so incredibly unexpected, and I think there's some things that you might be able to take away based on how it affected me and the things that I learned during this whole monumental time. So many of you know that I'm living in London for the whole month of October. And when I first met my husband, when we just began dating, I had told him my ideal situation would be to spend half my time of the year in London and half my time in America. And that is because I am actually British and American. I'm the only person born and raised in America from both sides of my family. So both my parents are British and while they do live in the States, they live in different states from one another. And this meant that I did not really know my family that much in terms of aunts and uncles, cousins. And so I've gotten to know them when I've come to the UK. However, when I was younger, I did not enjoy coming here at all. I did not understand why they didn't have you know, AC and why they had two different faucets and it was either hot, cold. There were so many things that were like beyond me. And I was like, I love America. And then as I became more worldly and I traveled more, I started to realize that the thing that I love about the UK and London is that there is such a sense of collective values. And you don't really get this in America in terms of people coming together for the unity of something greater than themselves. And I would say kind of almost the opposite that in America, because of the constitution, we really value freedom and independence. And freedom and independence is a very me, I based value. Whereas what I found with the UK, and I'm only going to talk about the UK, not other countries here, is that there is a far greater sense of the collective we. There's far more I would say honor and respect. And if someone bumps into you, they're very quickly to apologize or say, I'm so sorry. I mean, to a laughable point where there are times where the Brits are known to over apologize for things. But what I found is that, especially being here during this time, it has been incredible to witness the honor and the sanctity and the just 
true love and compassion that people have for one another, even though there's so many differing beliefs. And so I share that because after the wedding, we had decided to break our lease, which came at a very inconvenient time because September is both of our busiest months. And we moved all of our things into storage in Miami. And we had to put a lot of trust into the universe that one, we would find a flat here in London because everything we looked at was so expensive. And then we also had to trust that we were going to find something in Miami as well. So we just broke our lease with no further plan other than having trust in the uncertainty. And I know a lot of people have trouble when it comes to that because it can be scary to just get up and break a lease or move or quit a job or leave a partnership. And yet it's always on the other side of the things that scare us is where we find freedom and fulfillment and joy. And so I kind of preamble all of that because the universe did not disappoint when it came to trusting and being open because we really had to go in with just saying, you know what, it's going to work out. And it did. We found an amazing spot in Chelsea, one of my favorite areas in London. And at the same time, we also signed a lease for an incredible new apartment in Miami that starts, the lease starts when we get back in October. And I'm like, couldn't have worked out better. So thrilled to be here. September is also our busiest month for both of us. And so we were a little bit like, oh my God, did we make the right decision? But we still came here and everything felt good to the point where it actually felt like this was the first time that we got to take a breath and really enjoy each other and being married. And it felt like a honeymoon a bit more than our mini moon did, even though it was a crazy time and you know we have stuff everywhere. Now, I am sharing all of this because we had no idea, obviously no one did, that this would be such a monumental time to be in London. And I could not have planned things any better, even if I tried. So when the queen passed on September 8th, it felt like something inside of me shifted. And I'm going to share a bunch of different reasons as to why, especially for the funeral. But I was told by a friend who works, I'm not going to actually say too much about her because I don't know if she was allowed to share this with me, but a friend who works quite closely within the right circles for the queen. And she told me hours before the queen's passing, before it was announced. And so I sat with the news and she said all the the royal protocols had been kicked off. So I ran upstairs and I had head to toe goose pimples or whatever you call them, the little chicken skin, but like literally head to toe. And it was such an insane feeling to know this before anyone had. And I told my husband, and I don't think he really understood the weight, the gravity of what this meant. Because a lot of people that I spoke to were like, oh, poor queen, that's so sad. And yet it didn't seem to register for people until the actual memorial weekend where you could view her body, well, not her body, but the coffin. And so it was a really just interesting thing because in my mind, in my body, I could tell this was something big. And so I went out for drinks with a friend that night and we all talked about it. And eventually one, the table next to us leaned over and and I already knew this and we'd kind of already discussed it, but the table leaned over and they were like, the queen's passed. So there was a hush, you know, hush, hush around everything. And 
I then went to meet my husband for dinner. And as I was walking, the skies just opened up and the most beautiful sunset occurred. And I felt it viscerally in my body of something grand was happening. And it's taken me a few weeks, I would say, to really process what this meant. But in my body, it was like this visceral reaction as to this is important. You're here. You are going to tell your kids one day that you were here and mommy was here to watch this thing happen. And I think it was also this visceral reaction of really seeing and feeling myself living in London and splitting my time. And so when we talk about manifesting, part of the goal is really to feel it and embody the thing that you want. And so for me to be here, it was just I don't even know how to explain it other than it was like I was being given a gift from above, from the universe, saying, we can't tell you exactly what's to come, but it's very special. And you were exactly meant to be here at this time. And so at the time of her death that they announced, I do believe that she passed much, much earlier. And I was told hours earlier. But at the time of her death, there were three rainbows that happened. So there was a rainbow over Balmoral, which is where she passed in Scotland. Then there was one over Westminster, and there was one over Buckingham Palace, a double rainbow. Then when her coffin left Edinburgh to come to Buckingham Palace, there was a single ray of sunshine that came down exactly onto the coffin, and the skies were all cloudy. Now, when the funeral procession left Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey, where she would then be lying in state for the public to come view... They were doing it at 2.22 p.m. And I remember this because I wanted to go and witness this, be a part of it. And I couldn't because I had back-to-back private clients. But it had been crappy weather. Since her passing in London, it was really, really bad. It was like rainy and cold and gloomy. And for those of you who have been to London during this weather or you live here, you know that sort of weather. It kind of makes you feel depressed. And what was absolutely amazing is that at two o'clock, so the, the procession started from Buckingham Palace at 2.22. At two o'clock, the skies began to open. And I was on a client call and I'm watching the clouds literally clear up. And at 2.22, when they began the procession of walking the coffin to Westminster, the skies became a stunning blue and there was not a cloud in the sky for the rest of the day. Well, that's not all. Because on the last day of the public viewing with her coffin laying in state in Westminster Abbey before the public funeral on Monday the 19th, there was the most spectacular sunset, followed by once again a double rainbow over Westminster Abbey, which is where her body was. And then on the day of the funeral, the skies once again began to part at 1040 a.m., which is when the, the service started. So. I don't know if you believe in something higher or a higher power, whether it be God or universe, or you're just looking for a sign. But if you have ever wondered if loved ones are around you and trying to give you signs to they are still here, that is the most spectacular understanding of anything I have ever experienced in my life. And I actually did a podcast with my friend Lise where we talked about spirituality and how to connect with those who have passed. And one of the big things is being open to the signs that may come. And so 
Her Majesty was telling us over and over and over again, all is well. There's beauty in passing. There's beauty in death. Death is to be celebrated of life. And that's something that I know many people, when they experience death in their lives, it kills their life too. And so instead of using death as a celebration of life, a lot of people then literally let the death also kill themselves, kill their souls. And that's not what death is meant for. And Her Majesty gave us literally the best, best understanding and experience of what this is. And during this time, so the day after they announced her passing, I met with a friend of mine who we were voice noting back and forth all afternoon on September 8th. And then both of us were like, oh my God, I just keep getting you know chills and this is crazy, shivers. And so we went to Buckingham Palace together on the Friday, the day after that she died, which is what they were calling D-Day because there's this whole procession and I mean, there's so many different things. And so they had called it Operation London Bridge and there was Operation Unicorn because they had to bring her back from Scotland. So all of these different things that had been planned for years upon years kicked into action. And it was incredibly beautiful to just witness from afar and also close up just the integrity of the thousands of people that have been involved in these different things from moving her coffin to the procession to the funeral. And going to Buckingham Palace was really fascinating because when we walked up, I was like, oh, that doesn't look like there's so many people there. And yet once we got there, there were thousands of people. And it was such an incredible sight to see because it seemed like on that Thursday that people were not even that interested in it. And yet Friday, every single day after that, it became more and more and more intense and more unity and people flying in from across the world to the point where I think they said like a million people flew in extra just to witness this whole thing. And with that, watching the funeral, I couldn't decide what to do. So my husband and I love doing staycations. And we had done a staycation at the Four Seasons Park Lane on Saturday, uh, Saturday the 18th, I believe. Um, I think the 18th, maybe it's the 17th. Maybe it's 17th. Anyways, neither here nor there. Saturday, right before the funeral on the Monday, he had to go out of town and I was trying to decide what do I want to do for this? So we had walked through Hyde Park and they had these huge, huge screens set up with the most massive speakers so that people could come together collectively and watch the funeral on Monday. And I also knew that people were going to be lining up along the mall, which what leads to Buckingham Palace. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, do I want to go, go to Hyde Park and sit there? Or do I want to maybe go to a pub and have some coffee with a friend? And all of the stores around London, food stores alike were shutting down. So options were quite limited in one sense. We didn't have a working TV with cable here at the apartment that the flat we're staying in. And I knew I didn't want to be alone for this. I knew I wanted to be in the action. So I made a choice to stay at the Four Seasons another night. We had just checked out. We had gotten one glass of champagne after doing this beautiful massage experience. And I sat there and once again, this visceral feeling inside of me came and said, stay here. 
And I thought in my mind, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's stupid fucking expensive to stay again for a second night. And what am I going to do? It's not like I, you know, I'm going to go line up or anything. Who knows? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Like, I don't know anyone. And it was that little voice inside of me that said, stay here. It doesn't make sense. Your mind doesn't need to know why. And yet I share that because when our gut talks to us, it's always a tiny little whisper. And it often goes against what your conscious mind is thinking. And so my mind was thinking all the reasons why that's silly. And originally I was going to come all the way from, from where Buckingham Palace is, Hyde Park, back to Chelsea to get my laptop charger and go all the way back, even though that was going to probably take an hour and a half in car rides because so many roads were shut. And I just thought, no, Nikki, you have your phone. You can do all your work there. You don't need anything for this. Be here for this experience. And so I did. I checked into a different room and it ended up being one of the most incredible decisions that I have made as of recently, other than coming to London and following that gut. So I chose also originally not to meet up with any friends because there was something inside of me that said, you need to witness this alone. And then there was another side of me that said, but you don't want to be alone. You want to be part of the collective. So the next morning on Monday, I woke up, put my shoes on, had a coffee, went outside, started walking around, and I witnessed thousands of people walking into Hyde Park. And it was such a sight to see. And they had shut down all the roads in front of the Four Seasons because there was presidents of different countries staying there. There were dignitaries. And so if you wanted to just come have lunch, you couldn't. They were shutting it down to only hotel guests. And it made me feel proud to be there. And it wasn't even that I needed to talk to anyone. There was something special about being in the Four Seasons with all that power and everyone there for a collective reason to mourn one woman and her legacy. And so then I found out that one of my dear friends was on the mall in London watching. She had a great spot. And I'm like, okay, amazing. I'm going to go. Well, it wasn't so easy because the guards and policemen had shut so many things down, entrances. And me being me, I always find a way. So if you tell me no, I will find a different way. And I managed to have one of the guards personally escort me in as close as I could get, but then found out they had shut another road and I couldn't get there. And it was busy. There were so many people. It was like being at a concert, only the difference was that people weren't pushing each other. They weren't shoving. Everyone was respectful. And it was one of the most spectacular sights that I've seen where people came in their full British garb and had blankets with the flag on it. And there were kids with their faces painted. There were elderly people and gentlemen who were in head to toe gear of, you know, what was how they were honoring the queen of their service. And so they were wearing their medals. And it was so majestical to witness this. But eventually I decided I didn't want to just stand there with all of these people because I couldn't see anything. And I would rather be in the Four Seasons and watch it just from my phone. Now, I had no idea at this point what my next step was. And this is how I very much live my life. I come up with a plan. I see if the plan works. If it doesn't, I go to the next plan. And if that plan doesn't work, I don't kick myself. I don't you know, get all emotional. I just go to the next plan. So I thought, well, the spa 
is on the 10th floor and it overlooks a lot. So what if I go watch it from there? So I tried that. Unfortunately, you couldn't see anything. So I ended up going downstairs. I got some lunch and I watched it from my phone. And it was so ridiculously special and meaningful because I think it was the first time in a really, really long time that I was by myself. I had a glass of wine and I allowed myself to become emotional. And what I realized was that I was holding in so much emotion from not knowing my family, from the passing of both of my grandfathers. And I'll tell you the importance of that. And I was mourning this woman and the trajectory of the uncertainty of which we have no idea what's to come. And I was mourning. It was almost like a sense of myself. I was mourning of, wow, life is so precious and we have no idea what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and the divine timing that she passed. It's almost as if she passed knowing that it needed to be now to bring people back together. And so I ended up having another glass of wine and I went into a different room where it was kind of more moody. And I sat there and I bawled my fucking eyes out. Now I wasn't crying like, (gasps) it was just tear after tear just kept shedding. And there were dignitaries who walked in of different countries and they saw me just, you know, the sweet little Nikki by herself, just wiping away tear after tear. And I couldn't keep them in, nor did I want to. And it felt like such a release that I got to share with other people who were mourning. And this is why it affected me so much because I needed to really think about this and process it. Like, why did I cry so much for this woman I didn't even know? I don't live in London. I spend some of my time here. I used to live here. My parents are from here. But here are some of the reasons why. One, it's a change of history. And so when we look back and we study history, 70 years is a long time to do one job, to be completely of service. And whether you like her or don't, it is part of history. And one of the things that really drives me nuts in America, especially, is people are trying to rewrite history. History is what it is. We are here now because of the history that has happened. I am not agreeing with a lot of it, but I am saying that instead of getting angry at this one woman, which I think was ridiculous, one can be upset at the monarchy, but not at the one woman. She actually didn't hold as much power as people think. But I also kind of laugh because we all know that women are better leaders than men. And okay, okay, I sort of jest there, but I truly do think that having a woman in power for that long, it gave the country and the world stability, grounding. She had 15 different prime ministers come in during her time. I mean, that is a lot of different people and egos and their thoughts and their beliefs and them trying to change the world. and. She's just there as the constant. And I also really saw that we might not ever see another queen in our lifetime. We might not ever have that level of someone holding power because in America, you know, we we might have a woman president, I hope so, but it lasts for eight years. And there are female presidents like the the president or prime minister of New Zealand. And I understand just uh, Jacinda and I forget her last name. She is amazing. However, she is not the queen. 
there's something about the royal monarchy that is beautiful. Whether you dislike it or like it, one cannot take away that there's something majestical about it. And I also realized that I was mourning for the people that I had never done so. And this is because I didn't really know my family that well. Most of my family, not most of them, all of them, aside from my two parents, lived in the UK. And my grandmother on my mother's side was Swiss. My grandfather on my mother's side was English-Irish. And on my dad's side, my grandfather was Scottish. My grandmother was British. And so I am fully European. And I'm the only person born in America, grew up in America. And I have really realized and learned the difference of the values in America, the difference in the values that people have in the UK. And I've also never felt fully American. I've never felt fully British. I feel like this kind of mutt that's in between. And I know there's a lot of people that feel like that. And so being here for the Queen's passing brought me a sense of community to a nation and to the people that I've never gotten to experience. And here's what's interesting. I was chatting with my mother yesterday when the funeral was happening. And I knew a little bit about this, but not a lot. And so I was learning the history of my family at the same time. So she was in in Florida. It was like, I think, 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. And it was here 10 a.m. And we were chatting back and forth. And so on my father's side, my granddad was actually knighted by the queen. And that was for his service as civil servant. So he headed up the committee that decided who would get knighthoods and who would get awards from the queen. And so he was himself, for his service, given a knighthood. So he was sir, and my grandmother was lady, which is incredible to think about because it's part of history. And being of service and getting knighted for that is such a ridiculously special thing. And on my mother's side, my granddad, he was awarded the Imperial Service Medal which is given to civil servants upon retirement for at least 25 years of loyal and meritorious service to the crown. And so why I think that's so important is because it is really saying I am giving myself to the service of something greater. And I think that in the modern world, and especially, again, in America and even younger generations, it's this very like me, 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 I'm right, therefore you're wrong, which is the whole culture and it drives me that shit crazy because it's the ego, the I, I believe this, therefore I am right. Instead of coming together for a service of something greater than you. And so that's what really seeing these knighthoods and the these awards that my grandparents had been given, I'm like, they were dedicating themselves to something greater just as the queen dedicated her life to something greater. She never wanted to be queen. And it just so happened if you watch the the Netflix thing, the queen, it's a fascinating story and it's actually quite accurate. But here's the thing about this. And as I was chatting with my mother and as I sat there with a glass of wine watching this with my little headphones and I was crying, I didn't really know my family. And still to this day, I know them but not a lot. I don't know a lot of my aunts well. I've seen them a few times in my life. I don't know many of my cousins. I didn't even know that there's this whole other side that's Scottish I've never met them. I don't know them. And it made me really sad. It made me sad that because I grew up in a different country, I didn't get the community aspect. I didn't get to know 
these people who have had an effect on my life, whether I know it or not. And I felt the weight of both of my grandparents being honored by a queen who has now left. And so I realized I was crying for a change in history, something so monumental. And I was crying for my own family that I had never mourned. I was crying for other people's family and the unity and the coming together and to see how proud people were. It was something unlike anything I've ever experienced. And now, I do understand that there are people who do not like the queen. I do understand that there's those who do not like the monarchy and think that it's old and antiquated, causing terrible things in our history. And I am not here to debate that or tell you that your feelings are wrong. What I'm going to propose instead is that after two plus years of COVID, the pandemic, feeling isolated, being told to fear our neighbors, hating one another if someone had a different viewpoint than you about anything during the pandemic. I have never seen such an incredible coming together of humanity after such division. And I think that is one of the most profound things that I witnessed during the funeral yesterday was the unity, the love, the honoring, the compassion. And walking around the parks in London, there were thousands upon thousands of flowers, not just there, but Buckingham Palace, starting from the moment her death was announced. There were cards, there were balloons, there were pieces of paper written by little kids saying, thank you, queen, I love you. There were the most beautiful outpouring of love in all areas of the city. And I really saw that the day of the funeral and the men who had served their country and they had dressed up with respect to the queen. There were people who waited in line for 10 to 20 hours to honor her majesty lying in state. And there were people when I was in the Four Seasons, everyone watching their phones silently. There were people working there, the staff that were trying to overhear things and be part of this. And one thing that I really realized was that in Hyde Park and Green Park, when I went, there was so much respect of one another. Even though everyone wanted to be as close as possible for the best possible view, there was nobody shoving one another. There was nobody yelling. There was no anger. There was no violence. And it was packed. People made friends with those around them. They shared stories of the queen, of how they learned about the queen's passing. And I ask you, do you know where you were? Do you remember when you heard about the queen's passing? Because it's these monumental times in history, like 9-11, like the Columbine shooting. There's always a time in history that we all remember where we were and what we were doing. And it was incredible just to listen to people's stories, to talk about their experience. And people were lifting kids up on their shoulders so that they could get a better view. As the king passed, and people don't even know how he's going to be as king yet. People also have not liked Charles for many reasons. And yet when he passed in his Rolls Royce, the crowd erupted in cheers. And so the thousands 
of policemen, of volunteers. So there were 10,000 policemen that were brought in from across the country. There were thousands of volunteers and security. Every single one of them was kind to one another, to the citizens, the community coming up, asking questions. People wanted to know, where do I need to go? What do I do? And they would always stop and answer a question. So while I completely understand if you do not like Her Majesty, or if you don't like the monarchy, one cannot dismiss the fact that millions, if not billions of people across the world yesterday, on September 19th, came together and honored and mourned. They mourned for a queen, their queen. They mourned for their loved ones, those who may have passed during the pandemic. They mourned the end of an era and with the uncertainty of what's to come. And it reminded me of a poem that went viral during the pandemic, written by Kitty Amara. And the end of it is really what spoke to me and why I wanted to share it. And it's how I would sum up my experience of what has happened in London during the past two weeks of Her Majesty's passing. And this is the poem, quote, and the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows and the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images. I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up here. And created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. And the reason I'm getting choked up from that is because that's what I witnessed yesterday. I witnessed such a coming together and it felt so incredible after years of anger and hate towards one another. And so I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that some part resonated with you because whether it's a reminder that mourning is needed and most of us haven't processed our emotions. And I am speaking for myself here saying, I realized I had so much sadness in myself and so much anger and so much distracting and numbing for years of not being able to mourn my own family. And I hadn't honored my family. And I, I, I am the first person to tell you that the mourning, the healing, feeling your emotions is needed. And I had not been doing that. And I've recognized that now. And I hope that this resonated in some way that feeling emotions are okay. Crying, okay. Being emotional in public is okay. And being open to uncertainty is okay. That things will work out exactly as they're meant. That making bold decisions in your life, even if your mind tells you it's fucking scary. Do them anyways, because I realized by being in the Four Seasons yesterday, even though it didn't make sense monetarily, it didn't make sense for really any other reason other than my gut told me, I was in the thick of it. And I got to feel the emotions being around people, but being alone. And it was one of the most special, most 
honoring things I to date can remember and that I might ever experience in my life. And so again, whether you like her, dislike her in your lifetime, can you find something to get behind, to honor, to find the collective healing? And I hope that you can understand that making big, bold decisions that scare you, that is where freedom is. And that life is meant to be celebrated. It is pretty fucking precious. And I hope that you have come to realize that things can change in an instant, in a moment, and things will never be the same as they were now, as they were yesterday, as they were years ago. And so that is my experience of being here during the Queen's passing. It has been one of the most heartbreaking, heart-opening, uniting things I have ever experienced. It has allowed me to feel more connected to my family, to those of you who have written to me. And I really, really just hope that at the end of the day, once again, whether you liked Her Majesty or not, or you believe in the monarchy, can you find some sense of value of the community of the collective mourning? Because that's really what we're doing. And I could not think of a better time for Her Majesty to pass other than right now, where I feel like we needed it the most to come together as humanity. And so until next week, here's to a sharper life.